this real life? Hey there, citizens of the world. Welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where our mission is to inspire, connect, and empower the world to learn English the fun, natural, and real-life way. We believe that English should not be a dry and boring school subject, but an inspiring and enriching lifestyle that you can practice and enjoy whenever and wherever you want. In this podcast, you will have lots of fun, learn plenty of new expressions, and drastically improve your listening comprehension. We'll also teach you the secrets of native pronunciation, connected speech, and help you tune in your listening and speaking to the rhythm and flow of English. So sit back, relax, and let's get on with the show. Oh yeah, what is up? This is Chad from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, effective, natural, convenient, and the list goes on, way to learn English. So download this podcast now. And listen to us while you are irritated and stuck in traffic. Eating avocados. Peeling a banana. Doing pull-ups. Or killing a spider that has been at your front door for the past two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined here today in the studio with my co-host, the man who once turned a vampire into a vegetarian, Justin Murray. How are you, Justin? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty excited for the podcast today. We have a killer subject to talk about. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You probably realize we've been on a short break from the podcast. We have been very, very busy organizing the global movements. Yep. Got a lot of stuff going on. We have a new website coming up. That's right, a new website coming up. We also have a few other things coming up, don't we, Justin? You have the manifesto. We've mentioned that a few times in the podcast, but it's ready. It's going to be available to download pretty soon, so look out for that. So, yeah, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of design stuff. We have a new logo, too. Mm-hmm. New website, a lot better. Manifesto, which really condenses like the essence of what we're doing into a short document. Well, it's not short, but it's... <laughs> It's a nice read, and for our subscribers, we are going to offer an audio version of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Okay, so we are very busy, as you can see, and we have to obviously apologize for not doing the podcast for the past couple of weeks. And we also have a mini course, which teaches you how to connect your English to your life. Exactly. There you go. We're really breaking down the real-life English methodology, boost your English learning to new levels. What does boost mean? Boost means to support it and raise it. Like sometimes when I was a kid, my football would go over the neighbor's fence and my brothers would boost me so I could climb the fence and retrieve the ball. In Australia, there's also a juice company called Boost Juice because it <laughs> boosts your energy when you Bo- drink is it. Is it Boost or Boost? Boost. Okay. It gives you a boost in the morning and drink the juice. You get loose <laughs> or goose. <laughs> uh, okay, let's give the podcast a big boost and jump into some shout outs. You know, you make me all right. There's a couple shout outs here. First one's from El Salvador, guys. This method is really great. Keep going in that way, just great. By Coto Flores from El Salvador. Awesome, awesome. Second one titled Yes, Real Life English Podcast is Great by Arrow. 
Boskonski from Germany. Real Life English Podcast is really fun. It is the best English podcast ever. Oh, awesome again. Both five-star reviews. Great. It's nice to know that people are digging the podcast. One more I'm going to squeeze in here because we've, we haven't kind of piled up here. Okay. This is from Bible Claren Boy from Philippines. I like listening to your podcast. It really helps me a lot with my English. All the best to Chad, Justin, Trevor, and Ethan. Oh, he included the whole crew. We don't talk about Ethan enough on here. <laughs> no, but the mini course that you guys are going to be able to download very soon is actually created 100% by the man himself, Ethan. Yep. Yeah, so keep your ears open for that. I'm sure you guys are going to really enjoy it. Also, thanks so much for those shout-outs. As you guys know, because we say this every podcast, the more five-star reviews we have, the higher our ranking in iTunes, and the more people we can help with our podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesomeness. It's time to move on to the news. Watch you, watch cat. Justin, I believe you have found an interesting news article, which is in some way related to today's conversation topic. We're approaching the Easter season, coming to the place where the Easter bunny is going to appear. Easter bunny, okay. Some eggs, some chocolate eggs for us. But apparently in Australia, they do things a little bit differently. Oh, do they? That's yes. kind of strange, because I'm from Australia. Well, in Australia, Easter Bibli, we replace Easter Bunny in Australia to stave off extinction. What's the name of the animal? Easter Bibli. So what's Bibli? Oh, I'm really sorry, Justin, but it's not called a Bibli. It's called Bilby. <laughs> it's actually written Bibli. Oh, well, that's a typo, because <laughs> the animal is called a Bilby. Okay, so the Easter Bilby may replace Easter Bunny. What's a bunny? Bunny is like a rabbit, like Roger Rabbit. It's okay. A, it's a pest, actually. A pest? Yeah. What's a Bibli, then? A Bibli doesn't exist. A Bilby is a native animal of Australia. Okay. So, Easter Bilby may replace Easter Bunny in Australia to stave off extinction. What does stave off mean? Stave off means to avoid, does it not? It does. Okay. So, I'm going to read this a little bit. Okay, let's hear it. In Sydney, the Easter Bunny's days as a furry seasonal icon may be numbered in Australia as, as conservationists down under move to replace it with the Easter Bilby. The Bilby is a rare marsupial, Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means, that has long ears, a long muzzle, silky fur, and a pouch like a kangaroo. Males grow to about the same size as a rabbit. The animal is in trouble. Only some 600 are estimated to remain in the wild, and its habitat is being steadily eaten away by rabbits, which were introduced to Australia. Wow, that rabbit is actually eating away their habitat. It is. The rabbit, like I said, it's a pest. That thing is killing our native wildlife there in Australia. And I really think it's a bad idea to celebrate Easter with such a pest like that. (laughs) As a result, this is the last part. As a result, Mike Drinkwater, who looks after bilbies at Sydney Wildlife Park, would like to make the Easter Bunny a thing of the past. Number one, rabbits are a pest in Australia. Secondly, the bilby has these lovely, endearing rabbit-like qualities, he said. Thirdly, the bilby is a beautiful, iconic, native animal that is struggling. It is endangered, so it's important that we do all we can to support that. Awesome. What's the guy's name again? Mike Drinkwater. <laughs> <laughs> you think he drinks a lot of water? Is that <laughs> a nickname? Know. Mike Drinkwater. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so what does endangered mean? Endangered means that there are few left that's protected. Mm-hmm. It's an endangered species. Yeah. Um, you mentioned marsupial. You don't know what a marsupial is? No, what is it? It's like a type of animal. It's an animal genre, I guess. Like a marsupial is like 
a kangaroo is a marsupial, a rabbit, I think, is a marsupial, bats, I think, are marsupials, as opposed to amphibians, reptiles, and that kind of stuff. Okay. So the Easter Bunny's days as a furry seasonal icon may be numbered in Australia as cons- conservationists, people that are looking out for the environment, right? Yeah. Down Under, what does Down Under mean? Down Under is, it's kind of like a nickname that people give to Australia, because geographically it's located well down under the earth. What's that song? We come from a place down under. We come from a land down under. Okay. Yeah, very stereotypical Australian song. So the bilby is a rare marsupial that has long ears, a long muzzle. What's the muzzle? Muzzle would be like its nose. Silky fur. The fur is like the, the, the hair that covers it, right? Yeah, fur is animal's hair. In a pouch like a kangaroo. What does pouch mean? Pouch is that little pocket that you have, oh, not you, but kangaroos have <laughs> at the front where their little joeys, their babies. So males grow to about the same size as a rabbit, but the animal's in trouble. Only some 600 are estimated to remain in the world, and its habitat is being steadily eaten away by rabbits which were introduced to Australia. As a result, Mike Drinkwater, Unk. who looks after bilbies at the Sydney Wildlife Park, would like to make the Easter Bunny a thing of the past. Number one... Rabbits are a pest in Australia. What does pest mean? Okay, pest in this case is the fact that a rabbit isn't a native animal from Australia. It's a pest because it eats the plantations and it just totally destroys some of the wildlife there. But they leave these nice chocolate eggs for us. I didn't know that rabbits lay eggs. (laughs) Neither. (laughs) On Easter they do. Really? Okay. Secondly, the bilby has... These lovely, endearing, rabbit-like qualities. Endearing? What does that mean? Endearing is generally for a person. Someone's very endearing. They're very welcoming and very nice, and you just want to be around that person. Something that makes you want to like that person. Exactly. Or that thing. Exactly. Like, if a rabbit is considered endearing, it's because maybe it's, it's kind of a cute animal. You want to, like, touch it and pat it. Thirdly, the bilby is a beautiful, iconic native animal that is struggling. Struggle is to what? Struggling is like fighting against something. For example, if someone was to tie me up like with rope and I couldn't move my body, I would have to struggle and use all of my force to escape. So yeah, it's like to have a, have a difficult time, have a hard time, right? Exactly. I mean, you can use it physically. I'm struggling, like I'm strapped in the chair or I'm struggling with my English right now. You're having difficulties. Okay. So it is endangered. So it's important that we all do what we can to support it. So... What Australians are going to do, they're going to put the bilby into chocolate, and probably it's going to start laying some chocolate eggs. You think the bilby will start laying some chocolate eggs? Probably, if it's going to compete with the Easter egg bunny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I mean, they're trying to just... What does Drinkwater say about this? Uh, Chocolate stores around Australia are displaying Easter bilbies in their windows. The largest Australian-known chocolate factory, Daryl Lee, which sponsors bilby breeding programs, questioned why anybody would want to buy an Easter bunny, when they can have an Easter bilby instead. Awesome. The campaign appears to be catching on. What does catching on mean? Catching on means that people are starting to support it, and they're really enjoying the idea of that. Some schools have replaced their Easter bunnies with bilbies for annual egg hunts. Nice. Given that bilbies have suffered so greatly due to the introduction of rabbits, it's directly linked to a very important conservation and educational message. That's exciting, though. You know, maybe Brazil can adapt this. Maybe the U.S., too. Do you think that the U.S. would use bilby eggs? I don't know. People don't even know what a bilby is. Chad, bilbies don't lay eggs. <laughs> I, know, I know your parents told you that when you were a kid, but it's just not true. Yeah, I was totally shocked when I found out about that. So, bilbies, there you go, people. You probably already know that 
today's conversation topic is all about Easter as we are approaching Easter, but think about that and think about, do you really want your eggs to be delivered by such a pest of an animal like a rabbit, which is destroying the Australian wildlife? Take that into consideration when you're eating your chocolate eggs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, There's a video that goes with that, right, Justin? There is. We'll link it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Just letting you guys know that Australia has problems. The Bilby could be extinct. Support the Bilby chocolate egg this Easter. And let's move on to today's conversation topic. What you talking about? 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 So today we're going to talk about Easter and spring break. Mm -hmm. You're probably wondering... What's the connection between those two subjects? And I also did not know until Justin told me that there is some kind of connection, right? Uh, We fabricated it in some sense, but in the United States, when spring break is in the spring, in April usually, March, April, sometimes it coincides with Easter. There's this whole Holy Week in Latin America as well, which Mm -hmm. is sort of spring break, about the same time of the year. Okay. Well, first of all, let's just talk about Easter. We've just talked about the Easter bunny a lot, or the Easter bilby. Uh, what is Easter, man? What is, I mean, a lot of people that listen to this podcast are from all around the world, non-Christian or Catholic or whatever, Protestant countries. What is Easter for you? Well, I'm not Christian, you know, like I grew up kind of raised Catholic a little bit, but I'm not Christian at all. And you? I don't, I have no real, reli- I have no religious background. So, let me see. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> the meaning of Easter, I'm going to Google it here. With Google, you don't need to know anything really. <laughs> It's a Christian festival and holiday celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ on the third day after his crucifixion at Calvary, as described in the New Testament. Easter is the culmination of the Passion of Christ, preceded by Lent, a 40-day period of fasting, prayer, and penance. What's fasting? Fasting is when you don't eat anything. Okay. For 40 days? Wouldn't you die? But uh, my question was actually, what does Easter mean to you, Justin? I mean, like you said, you don't really have that many religious ties or anything to Easter. So what is a typical Easter for Justin Murray? Or what was a typical Easter for Justin Murray? Because I guess here in Brazil, you don't really do anything for Easter, do you? Not really, no. I'll connect with my family sometimes. But for me growing up, we used to have the Easter egg hunt. What is that? Easter egg hunt is where the Easter egg bunny puts like hides of eggs in like a yard or an area, open area with grass. And then little kids go out and they search for the eggs. Okay, like an open area, do you mean in a local park, in a yeah, like school or something? Park, school, somebody's yard. Okay, would people try to steal the eggs? I mean, I would, if I knew someone was like hiding Easter eggs around, I'd probably go and try to find them myself. Well, if you want to steal from little kids. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this is, this is a, like one aspect of it, but these eggs actually, they're, they're, some of them are chocolate eggs, but some of them are, are real eggs okay. that we boil and we paint. Oh, okay. And so, like, me and my family, my mom in particular, and my brothers, and I think my dad sometimes too, but we'd boil them, and then we'd paint the shell in different colors, just okay. kind of like being creative. What's the shell? It's the hard external part of the egg. Mm-hmm. That you have to crack. Yeah. We it's... talked about cracking recently, cracking walnuts, I believe, Yeah. on your head. <laughs> so, yeah, you do have to break it open to crack it, but... Also, another really cool thing about Easter was just waking up in the morning. It's sort of like Christmas in some ways, but you'd wake up and get all this candy, this like basket. Mm-hmm. There's an Easter egg basket with uh, all sorts of Easter candy in it. Okay. Why do you call it an Easter egg 
hunt. What does hunt mean? To hunt something down, to look for something, to pursue it. Mm-hmm. Well, like an animal hunts its prey. It's true. A prey is like, for example, a lion would hunt an antelope. An antelope would be the prey. The lion would be the hunter. And what day did you actually celebrate Easter? Because I know there's like the Friday in English. We call that Good Friday, I believe. Is that what it's called? Yeah, but we don't really celebrate Easter on that day. I mean, unless probably if you're if you're religious, you probably do. But it's become a mass cultural holiday, so it's not really attached to religion for a lot of people. Okay. So what day do you celebrate? It's on a Sunday. The Easter Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Because I know that on Good Friday, a lot of people in Australia, I know that many people don't eat any meat. I mean, you don't eat meat anyway. You're a vegetarian, but um, is that customary in the United States as well to not eat meat on Good Friday? Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's just say the yeah. Okay. I'm sure it is. I know a lot of people just eat fish on that day, which is meat. I don't know why that's acceptable. But when I was a kid, we actually did eat meat. We ate bilbies. <laughs> this is why they're endangered. I'm just kidding. We didn't eat bilbies. Yeah. We didn't eat rabbit. Although people do eat rabbit sometimes. Do they? Yeah. F- for Easter? Not on Easter, no. Because I know there's a lot of rabbits around during Easter time delivering eggs. It might be a <laughs> great time to start hunting them down. <laughs> awesome. What about you, Chad? Like, I mean, do you have experience with Easter? Uh, well, it's the same. I mean, sounds pretty similar to what you just explained. For me, Easter was awesome because it was school holidays at the time. You get holidays on Easter? Yeah, yeah. Or would say, did you say school holidays or school vacation? What do you say in the states? Because well, a holiday for us is like a, a national holiday, like Christmas Day or something. Okay, like public holidays. Yeah, so vacation, vacation is actually what we say for. You guys say holidays. Okay. Uh, but I think maybe it's a little bit different because in Australia, our school holidays are separated into like three or four parts of the year for like two weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. And then at the end of the year, it's like six weeks. Okay. But uh, Easter for me was awesome because it's school holidays. It wasn't so cool because it was starting winter in Australia. So the temperature wasn't that good. But it was always a time to just hang out. Family sometimes travel. I would sometimes travel down south with my family, which is cool because there's a lot of surfing beaches down south. Very famous city called Margaret River, where it's got a world-class surfing championships there. Big waves. Just remember going there with my family many times. And Easter itself was more like after Easter because I think we generally celebrate Easter after Easter because it's probably the same in the United States. The chocolate eggs or the chocolate bunny, the bunny rabbits. Maybe even a chocolate bilby. Um, but they were all much cheaper after Easter. So my mom would be like, hey, let's just go traveling. And when we come back, we'll buy some like cheap eggs and eat them. <laughs> I was like, awesome. <laughs> get more more bang for your buck. What does bang for your buck mean? Bang for your buck or to get more bang for your buck means that you get a good deal. You get something cheap and you get more quantity for the amount of money you paid. Um, but that's... Easter for me, pretty much. I mean, we did sometimes do like barbecues and things like that. Um, Generally, like an Easter breakfast, I think, is usually like bacon and eggs and stuff like that. Yeah, we have that too. Yeah. Pancakes sometimes, I believe. What about here in Brazil? What's Easter like here? I don't know. I've never never really experienced Easter here very much. I guess it's... I know Brazil's a very Catholic country. I've seen many people going to their Easter mass and... Being the family, doing the religious, doing the Catholic Easter celebration. But I haven't seen any sign of the Easter egg bunny. You haven't seen the bunny here? No, man. No? Did you actually believe in the Easter bunny when you were a kid? What do you mean? 
<laughs> oh, oh shit. Um, nothing, man. Nothing. Okay. Yeah. Maybe he'll come this year, Justin. Maybe you'll see him this year in Brazil. Let's hope. I mean, I kind of miss him, you know. Yeah, yeah. But that's Easter, and then when you get into college and stuff, and you get older, it becomes spring break. Okay. So spring break. Let's. Okay. We don't have that. Okay. Well, so the United States spring break, you have a couple weeks off in spring. At some point in high school, you get. Some holidays or some vacations. Okay. So it's not actually vacations, it's vacation. Okay. What? It's not vacation, it's a vacation? Yeah. What do you mean? We don't say vacation, so I'm going on vacations. Oh, it's not plural. Yeah. Okay, so it's just a vacation. Yeah, I think people confuse that because of um, even gringos living in Brazil. Okay, yeah, I sometimes say vacations, I think. Yeah, well, yeah. it's vacation, I'm on vacation. Okay. Just so you know, we don't use the word vacation in British English, or sorry, Australian English. Holidays. Holidays, exactly. Or to be on holiday. Exactly. Well, if you say vacations, it actually means several vacations. Okay. I had three vacations last year. Oh, okay. For example. Nice. Did you? No. <laughs> I had one vacation. Nice. So anyway, in the United States, we have high school, spring break, get some vacation from school. Uh, in college, it's pretty popular, a lot of fraternities and stuff. and like. What does, what's a fraternity? Fraternities are like these groups of university students who live together. It's kind of like, you see it in movies, it's like the, maybe the stereotypical American college experience. Okay. It's like a little little gang on campus, isn't it? These guys that, or girls that just always stick together. It's kind of a rich gang, kind of cookie cutter friendships. What's cookie cutter? Cookie cutter is like, a cookie cutter is like when you take um, a template mm -hmm. to cut out cookies mm. and you cook them and they're all, they all look the same. Like, to make the same shape. Yeah. Okay. And so, this is a stereotype about about fraternities and sororities in the United States. Okay. The, sororities the, are? The, the female version of the fraternities. Okay. But the stereotype is that fraternities go to Mexico, go and just totally just drinks, goes crazy. They like, binge. They binge. They. What does binge mean? Um, binge means to drink. You know about this. You made that video on, on drinking. I did, but just... Tell our audience. So binge. So I have to be the guy that always talks about drinking now, just because I made that one video. Everyone <laughs> thinks I'm the alcoholic of real life English. Well, you have to make the sounds too. <laughs> Those are really great sounds you made. Yeah. Okay. So to binge is to really, really just drink a lot, so you black out, almost. Okay. Blackout, pass out. Yeah, blackout is just like when you don't remember what happened last night. I always know of spring break in, um, in Cancun. That's the famous one, right? Yeah, I mean, there are lots of famous ones. Okay. I've sort of lost touch with that culture, but okay. it's people go crazy. Yeah. And it's because, you know, in the United States, you have to be 21 to go to the bars. Okay. And most college students aren't 21. Mm -hmm. And so they go to other countries to party it up. Mm -hmm. Party it up? What does party it up mean? To party. Party it up just means it's to party harder, I guess. It yeah. Does it? I, yeah, I mean, it's kind of used as a... Uh, it just exaggerates the verb to party. Let's party it up, man. Tonight we're going to party it up on the streets of Belo Horizonte. Just an example. Not really. It's a Wednesday night here. Tuesday night. <laughs> just like uh, other holidays, you know, a lot of people will use it to party and a lot of people will use it just to relax. Okay. Sort of like here in Carnival. Okay. Brazilian Carnival, yeah. What about you in Australia? Spring break? We do not have spring break, no. We have a, our kind of Australian version. It's called Leavers Week. And it's... Always at the end of the year. It's not around Easter time. So it's always when you leave high school. Um, the drinking age in Australia is 18. Uh, but people aren't usually 18 when they 
leave high school, but they managed to get a lot of booze anyway. What does booze mean? Booze is an alternative to saying alcohol. Remember, you booze, you lose. You booze, you lose. Booze is a verb too. It is a verb to booze up. Yep. Yeah. In Australia, we even have something called a booze bus. And that is a police stop. So if you're driving your car and you've been drinking and you get stopped by a booze bus or you go through a booze bus, they're going to breathalyze you and arrest you if you have been drinking. So there you go. You booze, you lose your license. But yeah, Leavers Week, I experienced this when I left high school, went to a, a city near my house, maybe an hour away, two hours away, drove there, lots of booze, lots of alcohol, lots of crazy parties for a week in like a beach city, beach town. Um, I can't really remember it. I <laughs> you blacked out. I blacked out. You binged. I binged. You passed out. I did. I mean, I was 17, so it was like, you know, 10, 11 years ago now. So maybe that's another reason why I can't really remember it so well, because it's been so long. But it was, it was a good experience. It's kind of, you know, finishing high school. I'm about to become a, a man in you, some ways. Do you guys have this idea in Australia that, like, in college, university, this is a time for people to kind of get their wild oats out? To sow their wild oats? Is that what it's called? Is that what they say? To sow their wild oats, yeah. What does that mean, to sow your wild oats? It means to to sow something is to to it's kind of to plant yeah to plant so your wild oats are kind of like your your wild streak your your wildness your craziness yeah your inner wildness right your crazy all the crazy shit you want to do in your life you kind of get a chance to do that and be free before you get married and settle down yeah what does settle down mean settle down means to kind of put roots down to maybe start relaxing at least that part of your life and focus on your profession and your family and kind of those fundamental things mm -hmm. in life. Yeah, take life a little bit more seriously, I guess. Mm -hmm. Would you say you have settled down? <laughs> By this definition, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I take life seriously, but kind of my own way, you know? Yeah, yeah. No kids, no wife. Oh. Nice. Awesome. Well, that pretty much, I think, sums up our point of view, our experience with Easter and our experience with Spring Break or in Australia, Leavers Week. And, okay, let's quickly move on to today's question. I need somebody help, not just anybody Okay, so today I have a question which is actually asked by one of my students, Anna, Anna Lachisio, if she's listening. What's up? I'm here to answer your question. And the question that she asked me was, what is the difference between among and between? You know, man? Yeah, I do, actually. Would you like to elaborate and help out my student, Anna Leticia? In a nutshell? What does in a nutshell mean? In summary? Okay. Between is like between two objects or persons or people. Among is three or more objects or people. Okay, yeah. So between you and me, that means that only I and you know that information. Only two people. Among and amongst, I think it's very. I think it's the same, actually. Uh, for example, I can say, "Oh, there's this really funny joke among my friends," or "amongst my friends." So that means that it's not just me and another friend; it's me and many other friends. Another example that you might hear is, if you want to tell a secret, you know, mm -hmm. you say, "Let's just keep this between us." If you're with one other person, but if you're with a group, let's keep this amongst us. Okay, there you go. Keep it amongst us more than two people, three or more people. In a more physical way, you could say that I live between a bakery and a bottle shop. What's a bottle shop? Oh, um, a bottle shop is a place where you buy alcohol. 
Again, I always refer to drinking. Wait, 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 wait. You call that a bottle shop? Yeah. In Australia, we even call that a bottle-o. We call that a liquor store. A liquor store, okay. So, amongst in between. <laughs> I think we've, we've, uh, we've, we've explained that, right? Yeah. yeah. Between two people or, or items or things, mm-hmm. amongst three or more. Okay. Awesome. So, Anna and the rest of the world, I hope that answered your question and I hope they also found that interesting and helped them in some way too. And that is a wrap for the Real Life English Podcast today. We had an awesome time. I don't know. Did you have an awesome time? I had an awesome time, yeah. Cool. So, that's what we're all about. Just sitting down, teaching English, having an awesome time, and talking about strange native animals um, national holidays, yeah, different customs, different ways of celebrating Easter, I guess. And I guess we should play you out with something related to today's show. We mentioned Men at Work, Land Down Under. Let's do that. What do you think about that? Let's do it. Okay. So, don't forget to support the Easter Bilby. And in the spirit of Australia, we're going to play you out with a stereotypical song from Australia called Land Down Under by Men at Work. Hope you guys... Enjoy this podcast, and you'll be hearing from us from the next week. We'll have finished podcast. Take it easy. Oh, yeah. Just to say